0: This is the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Loading episode 130 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. This is Dave Salmon. Thanks for your downloads and your subscriptions. Always appreciated. Hope you've had a uh, fantastic um, international break so far, whatever you might have been up to. Uh, Very boring for me. I was going to try and uh, go to another game, but I never quite got around to it. Because I suppose when you're busy every Saturday and you get a rare weekend off... Your brain automatically thinks. Well, do you know what? Uh, I'm going to try and do some housey jobs. Uh, Try and get the uh, the back lawn mowed one last time before uh, it gets too wet and too cold. Didn't do any of that. Ended up just sitting on the sofa all afternoon watching Sky Sports News and Soccer Saturday. Uh, anyway, at least we had a bit of a rest, I suppose. So back in action then in League 2 uh, this coming Saturday and it's a trip uh, to Gander Green Lane for Derek Adams Shrimps. Last time we played Sutton United was way back in the what was then the conference premier, now the National League, of course back uh, almost 25 years ago in mean, the 1999-2000 season. That season was a great season for the Shrimps. I think Morgan finished third that year just in Jackson scoring 30 plus goals. I think Sutton United got relegated at uh, that time around but have not played them since because our paths haven't quite crossed but uh, uh, we are in League 2 together this season. It's uh, Sutton United's third in League 2 as a, a football league club and the head of the game. I've been talking to Mike from the Sutton podcast to get the full lowdown on Mac Raisman ahead of our trip to South London this weekend and of course full match commentary as ever on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio will Beyond FM and DAB Plus across North Lancashire and Morecambe Bay that's 103.5 and 107.5 FM DAB Plus as well uh, for team news and the whole game live you can uh, subscribe of course and I follow Shrimps via morecambefc.com as well my special guest in the commentary box this weekend for the first time this season is uh, EFL aficionado Gabriel Sutton delighted to have Gab alongside me this weekend at Sutton, at Sutton, if you will. It's the best pun I've got, I'm afraid. This is The Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. So, Mike, thanks for jumping on our podcast. Really appreciate it. Before we get down to the nitty-gritty of uh, the weekend action, uh, tell us all of, everything we need to know about the Sutton podcast.
1: OK, so, um, as my brother pointed out, well, points out repeatedly, it's a far too clever name. It's um, Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N, Sutton. So it's Sutton United Talk Time on Podcasts. So it's the Sutton Podcast. Um, it's so clever I have to explain it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically a few years ago, I um, started it because I was trying to show someone, demonstrate something about having a chat with people and music. And um, I enjoyed it. So I still kept doing it. Then it got very very tricky getting people to do come on and doing the getting players or backroom staff and finding people to put music on there so i stopped for a few years and then after we got promoted we were on the bbc all and all about Sutton hour and i thought like, i really enjoyed that and there must be a Sutton podcast out there and i found that my mom was the only one that was still out there after like two years three years so i was like right here we go let's just jump back on so i cut out the music side and we just get a couple of fans on i think more like 165 episodes since um, so I do churn
0: out an awful lot, so some of it must be quite good. <laughs> <laughs> and we've just had a great shot, we a great chat with with Johnny Lowry as well. So uh, we, there'll be sort of double the content ahead of the uh, ahead Absolutely. of the weekend, and 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 it's a proper fans-driven um, media, isn't it? There's been an explosion of fans-led um, social content, hasn't there, in the last few years? And uh, you've you've got to, like you say, you've got to to make sure you've, you you stand out and have that longevity. You've got to be doing something right, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean it's I've kind of I've used this expression a few times. It's it's like music in the eighties. Suddenly everyone can do it and there's just loads coming out. Um so it is just kind of picking it and it's sticking with it. I think that's that's the thing. If anyone's thinking of doing it, it's not hard to start, but it is definitely hard to carry on and carry on. Well, I'm very lucky in that most Sutton fans um are people I've known for a long, long time. I've supported the club for cracking on for 35 years now. Um, and then you've got Johnny was um, part of the youth, even though he's been, I think for 12, 13 years. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that there's a nice core of fans that I know, and then there's people joining um, all the time. So um, I, I never really run out of content. It's getting harder at the moment. I've got to send out my invite email this week and we're not doing very well. So um, it's, I, I suspect there'll be a few chase ups, but it's getting harder. But yeah, generally it's, it's really good. Um, it's nice to talk to people. It's nice to be recognised as well. That's really freaky as well. People come up and start talking to me. i like, who
0: are you? <laughs> I suppose that's so that, that, that's nice when that happens, isn't it, though? So uh, it's part of, the, part of the reason you do it, I guess. Um, well, you kind of answered my last question there, Mike. I was going to ask you, how long have you been a, a Sutton United oh. fan? And, and and why, with all of the clubs in London, why Sutton United?
1: OK, so this is uh, quite a boring story, I think, but I've told it so many times it might be good. I don't know. So basically, I come from a large Irish family, and all of my uncles supported, and my dad supported, a different London team. So i couldn't choose a london team to support because obviously i'm picking favorites so i ended up supporting manchester united back in the days of paul McGraw, norman Whitesides, kevin moran obviously all the irish players so that, that fitted then we moved to Sutton when i was 13 ish 13 14 and i suddenly kind of came at the time realizing that manchester is quite far away from from london So I just started picking a team and I went to different teams. I opened up the yellow pages for those of you who want to have a look in a museum. It used to be a book with every number involved. Um, And I went to different clubs and there was nothing wrong with any of them, but Sutton, I rocked up really, really early because I didn't know where it was. And the lady that was um, on the gate at the time obviously realised I was someone new, and she brought me in, took me around, showed me the place, got me a free can of Coke, a Mars bar and a programme. And it's like, oh, okay. And, that's been paid for many, many, many times since. Uh, but it was October 1988, and I know that for a fact, because shortly afterwards we won in the second round of the FA Cup we drew Coventry. And I, being very naive, decided that that's a silly game. I've only just supported the club. I'm not going to go to that game. And I remember saying these words to myself, there will be other big games. And it took 30 years for the other big game to rock up. So... <laughs> I, I can Alex. remember.
0: I can remember actually. My it's weird the things that you can remember, but I can remember when you played Coventry in the FA Cup. Because so I, I can vividly picture in my mind the the, the, the chip goal. It was that the winning goal, I think, from from vague memory. It, it, yeah, no, but that, that's that's bur- I don't know why it's just yeah. burned in my brain. It's quite a, it's like a muddy pitch, and it's a little yeah. chip over the keeper.
1: It's um, it's burned in your brain because it is it's trotted out every year uh, third round time because. We, we basically a few more happened recently but you kind of got to say well are they not really professional clubs but we would have first, the, the last non-league club to knock out a, a top flight side and again a lot of new people wouldn't necessarily put coventry as a top flight side but they had been in the in the top flight for many many years and they'd won the, the fa cup not the year before as people often make a mistake but the, the previous year and they had some very very big players on, on their team um, David Speedy, for example, um, who had a big career and my favourite player of all time, um, Cyril Regis, um, on the pitch at that, at that time as well, which some of the players, I've been lucky enough to talk to some of the players who played in the match and they they, um, they were all like, big Cyril Regis was on our pitch, um, but he came from non-league and some of them played against him previously anyway. So, um, But yeah, it was a very big game for the club, but um, for me, it's turned into a funny story, but it was quite depressing that I never got to see a big club for so many years. <laughs>
0: And we haven't got much history between the two sides, however. I think we uh, we last played each other way back in the year two thousand. 1999-2000 oh, yeah, yeah. season when we were both in the, what was the conference premiere at the yeah. time, National League. Now I think we finished third and uh, sorry to say you got relegated. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. and, and I think we beat you on both occasions. So there's our paths haven't really crossed at all, despite us being non-league stalwarts for, for many, many years. We didn't re- weren't ever in, in the same division, were we? And of course, the season we got promoted into League One, you got promoted into the Football League for the very first time, yeah. which must have been absolutely incredible.
1: Um, y- yes, absolutely. I mean, we were asked a lot last, not last season, season four, is it like a dream come true? And the answer has to be no, because we've never dreamed of it. We've always been a non-league club and happy being a non-league club. Um, but it was very weird because that was the year of COVID and we didn't get to see any of the games. So we're used to seeing our players... Um, on the pitch in the bar chatting to them and all the rest of it and all of a sudden we're having to watch on these little tiny screens um and it was a very strange experience and i I do regret not starting the podcast then because i've spoken to a few people who did the collective watch alongs and i was like oh that would have been such a good thing to do but you can't change that but yeah it's a very surreal experience and we didn't really expect anything of it and um yeah the first season we were in and around the playoffs pretty much the whole season going we should have done this years ago if it was this easy um, and then we got to Wembley In I know people don't necessarily like um, the, the Pizza Cup but we enjoyed it. it we've never known it in any other format so it's like okay well, I, I know some people don't like the under 21s in it but gosh it makes a difference to the prize money I mean that's I was <laughs> um, very surprised this year with the um, League Cup being so low uh, in prize money by comparison um, but yeah no, we had it, we had a great time last year bit trickier and this year so far much much trickier uh, but yeah it's, it's never expected it wasn't on our radar and it's, it's been fantastic so far
0: and you've got I mean early days of course Mike isn't it but uh, you've got a bit of work to do I think it's fair to say you kind of shocked the whole of the year fell on the opening day of the season with that victory against Notts County I'm sure you're bored to death about talking about your opening day because it probably seems so long ago doesn't it but uh, it's not quite apart from apart from one other Great 4-0 win against Warsaw a couple of weekends ago. It's not gone to plan so far this season. What do you put that down to? I suppose it's a it's a, a range of factors.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm hoping it's because we found that first season so easy, we've decided to give everyone a bit of a head start, and then we'll come good in the second part of the season. But yeah, the Notts County was a was a big shock. Um it, they did have a key percent off. Um, but I think we were already one nil up and we had hit, hit the crossbar or the bar just before that as well. And the guy they brought on wasn't exactly like a, a young, raw 16-year-old. It was their, their goalkeeper from the previous year, their first choice. So it wasn't an experienced keeper that they brought back on. And we would have beaten anyone on that day. And it wouldn't have mattered if they had the 11 men on the pitch because um, we were just brilliant. Um, what's worrying is we've got so much worse since then. And Knox County fans really need to get over it because they keep sending kind of like a grief to us because because of that victory. And it's like you should just thank us because you've gone on a nice run afterwards. <laughs> leave, leave us <laughs> be. But yeah, um, it's, as you say, we, we either we either get battered or we batter. Um, and um, there's not many close games. Um, the NK Don's one-one draw was a close game, but other than that, we've 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 lost easily or or won easily. Um, we'd like a few 1-0 wins. That would be nice. Um, but it's difficult, difficult to know where it's gone wrong.
0: Is it fair to say then on Saturday, Mike, if we get the first goal, we are likely to win the game?
1: It, it is at the moment the, the old schoolboy expression of first goal wins. Um, and it is very much, um, if, if you can dare to watch the highlights, if they even call it that nowadays, um, of our game, in. Um, you will see after the first goal, everyone's head just drops, the shoulders drop. And that's not like Sutton. Um, it's, we've been very lucky. The last 13 years, we've come up from the, um, the Ryman League, which is the league below the National South. Um, and we've, we've come up through division. So we've, we've had a good lot of success. Um, you, you mentioned uh, the interview we just done, the, the guy that was on there was um, sort of started supporting in that year. Um, so he and others like him have only ever known success. So it is a bit difficult and we're not really sure how to react to a lot of these things. So, uh, but yeah, it hopefully we'll turn good. I mean, the players are good players. We've got players who've won the division. We've got players who've played at higher levels. Uh, we've got good players. And um, on paper, that's the best squad we've ever had. Um, they just need to play on paper instead of grass. But.
0: And that's it. Looking through your squad, there'll be names uh, who will be very familiar with a lot of Morecambe fans who've been around the block in and around this kind of level. Harry Smith, Amari Patrick, Craig Clay, could go on and on and on. Hundreds of games of experience, but I suppose that doesn't always translate into, into playing as a team. And I think the one thing where Morecambe have been successful this season is we have gelled exceptionally well as a team, as a a unit, and we're not a team of individuals, so you can have all the experience you like, but if you're not playing as an eleven, then, uh, well, the opposite happens.
1: That's that's exactly it. Our our success on the promotion season and the following season was based on us being a, not an eleven. it was more of an 18-19. We we had a really strong squad and it was, I mean, there was an element of, you could tell they got on and um, I'm not a tactician at all, but, it was, you could see people giving that extra percentage because they didn't want someone on the training ground taking the piss out of them for getting done. Um And you're like, that's like a Sunday league team. That's your mates playing together. And it gave us that little bit special. Um, and at the moment, you're seeing players um arguing with each other and turning on each other. And it's like, this, this isn't us. We, we need to somehow, I don't know how, um, maybe they just need to go in on on Monday with a bunch of boxing gloves and go go on boys get out of here um, and, and get it all out I don't know but they need to do something
0: Let's look at your manager then Mike uh, Matt Gray brought you into the Football League w- w- what has changed and, and can you tell us uh, about uh, about your style uh, as, as a team
1: Well <laughs> Matt Gray is I mean he got into our Hall of Fame I think after two or three seasons um, because he got us into the Football League for the first time ever and um, he did go through a very tricky spell when he first joined us. Now, he jo- he actually joined us as a coach for our previous manager, Paul Doswell, um, and things weren't going well under Doz at the end. And Doz decided that's it. He, he can't go on anymore. And um, he recommended Matt to the board. And Matt had a great interview, but there were other names in the frame. And I made the mistake of explaining to our chairman that Matt was obviously the easy choice. And... Um, the chairman did not like that expression one little bit. He said, how can a manager with no experience be the easy choice? He's never had a top job before, and he just went through. But basically, Matt is so meticulous and well-prepared that this will be just destroying him at the moment where things aren't aren't going as they should. Um, We play, we should play with physical fast, we press, we get the ball forward quickly, But I do think a a tiny little bit of doubt on me wonders if the criticism of being long ball merchants has kind of got under their skin a little bit and they're trying not to be. And actually, no, that's what we're good at. Just get the ball formed. I mean, the fans don't want it. I know lots of people pretend to love the the tippy-tappy football um, when you're winning. But when you're not winning... um, people don't like it. They want that ball moved forward as quickly as possible. We were playing against the Villa under-21s and we were trying to pass the ball around and literally had people around me screaming, get it forward after three passes. And it's like, okay, we well, don't complain we're hoofball merchants. <laughs> and then you want it pumped forward. Um, so, yeah, we, we're going to try and get it forward quickly. We've got two good, well, we've got three good wingers, actually. Um, so they should get it forward um, a lot. We should have a solid defence. But at the moment, there's something that's not quite right. And um, it's very easy to get us. And if, if you score one, you could score two or three, um, which again isn't like us. We're usually resilient and steamroller other teams, but um, that's missing.
0: So a, a direct team, physical. I think it's fair to say. Four is it four four two a variation of it.
1: We usually are four four two. Um, we have experimented a f- more recently with four one four one or four five. One uh, just different things, but essentially players should know and understand these. These are these are all British players, they know and understand 4-4-2, they know what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and it should be 4-4-2, definitely in the attack, but the wingers should be pushing on as well, which in past years we've had wingers who are very quick to get back, but the wingers we've got at the moment tend to be more concentrating on the attack and leaving the holes behind them, which is leaving our fullbacks a little bit exposed. Um, we did very well against Walsall um, with our two central midfielders then going to fill in those gaps um, where, where the, the wingers had left. Uh, but for some reason, it just didn't work out against Doncaster. I, I don't know whether it was an off day or we're just not travelling. I don't know.
0: So who are the, the personnel to watch out for then, Michael? What's likely to be your first 11 on Saturday?
1: Oh, God. Um, so... Or, what, or perhaps what should be your yeah. first ever, not, <laughs> not, not not
0: what Matt will do so, necessarily. Yeah.
1: So the goalkeeper situation is a, is a strange one. We've we've we had Dean Bizzarros come back to us on loan from Reading. He was a hero of um, our Wembley run. Um, I was a little bit surprised he came back to us because the keeper that we had in Jack Rose, um, who had taken a little bit of time but was confident and playing well, and I was like, not sure. Obviously, I'm not a manager, but I wasn't sure that bringing back a fan favourite was a great idea for the goalkeeper who's in position. Um, now, I don't know. I know that Jack's needed an operation, so I don't know whether they were planning on taking the opportunity, but um, Dino does command his defence a lot better. Um, against Swindon, we went 3-0 down after about 20 minutes, and Dino was on the bench, and you, there was people who were there saying, did anyone notice Dino screaming at the, when they had a water break? He was shouting at the two defenders saying, basically, what's happened to you guys? Um, but he's come in, he hasn't really stemmed the flow a little bit, but I know he's a, he's a f- favourite. Um, we've got Omar Show Me. So when you're commentating, um, it's, it looks like Swoon Me, but it's actually Show Me. Um, and uh, he's a six foot six or seven, depending on whether he's wearing high studs or not. Um, but massive, massive presence. Um, Dwarf makes our other defender, Ben Goodliffe, who's 6'3, six 6'4, six look quite small um but i think it will be those two probably joe kizzy at right back Uh, we've got ryan jackson who again there's something not quite right because he's played league one last year and he's just doesn't seem to be ready at the moment so i don't know what's going on there and probably sam hart or rob milson at left back omari patrick and josh coley on the wings midfield again it could be a bit tricky but we've got uh, craig clay who um, has made a few kind of errors, but then he had a great game against Walsall. Um, Christian Ingessen, who has come up from Ebbsfleet um, and he's done really, really well for us. Uh, but then we've got Harry Butman, who, who should be in the side. And then up front, if, if, if they're on form, we've got Aidan O'Brien and Harry Smith, who, if they're on form, if they're going to do it, they're the players who are going to make everyone tick. Um, Harry Smith was brilliant against Walsall. Um, Aidan O'Brien just seems to have that time on the ball all of a sudden he'll get the ball and suddenly you'll be like how did he do that how did he see that pass um so if they're on form and the two wingers are on form this could be a classic it could be a great game it could be like 6-4 or something um but we need them all ticking and on form at the same time
0: and I suppose your league position suggests that, that they've not been ticking and not on form all, all at no, the same time. It, it, it's, no. it, it's difficult, isn't it, I suppose, when you need all of the pieces of the puzzle to come together. And uh, if it doesn't, so it's still early. Da- I mean, I suppose the league does take shape at this stage doesn't it? after mm-hmm. a quarter of the way through. You know, you are where you are because that's where you deserve to be, I, I would say. But uh, and, and you're not out of it by any means, of course. But what needs to change to start to improve your results?
1: Well, the players need to just step up. Um, We had this on my with Johnny, basically saying that the the players now need to do do what they need to do for the manager. Um, The manager is clearly a good manager. He wouldn't have got us to this level if he wasn't a good manager. Um, There's backing everywhere. We're doing what we can. We are a small club and the board were desperately saying the last couple of years we're trying to catch up as quickly as possible we've got excellent training facilities um they were used by chelsea a good few years ago qpr not that long ago and now we're there um so these these are excellent training facilities There be no complaints on that side of things where they have been before and again i've posed the question is that the problem is it that we're being a bit comfortable do we not just send the boys over the park to run around for a few laps um, to do things and make them realise how lucky they are. Uh, but yeah, the players need to kind of realise that, look, we're here, we need to fight for this, um, this club. Um, there's enough of the players that we had before. I think we had a high turnover, I think about 50% of the playing staff was 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 the turnover, uh, but there's enough of the old guard there to kind of go, no, this isn't how we do things. We need you to put it in for the full 100 minutes, not, not, not 60 or 70.
0: You're talking about your good training facilities now, Mike. Gander Green Lane itself, I think it's fair to say there are more luxurious football stadia in the EFL, but uh, you can offer us a warm welcome at least, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm non-league. Um, I think one of our our, our our fans last year or the year before um, coined the phrase of bringing non-league to the Football League. Um, we, we, we are a non-league club at, at our heart. Um, our state, our stadium. There's a story behind every part of it, so you can kind of look around and go, "Oh my god, it's a mismatch." Yes, but that was built this day. That was built this day. so you know the history of it. Um, I do find for a lot of the, and uh, like I sound really old, old now. A lot of the modern stadiums, if you ripped out all the branding, you could kind of wake up and look around and go, "I have no idea where I am at this moment in time," uh, because they all do, do look very similar. But we have a nice um, away end. It's probably it's, it is the newest and probably the nicest part of the ground um the reason for that it was the quickest to develop and um, the easiest to isolate because again the whole idea of uh segregation is only coming to us over the last few years um but we've got a very nice um area of the ground is behind one of the goals which i know is unusual um for for a lot of clubs they like to tuck the way fans away in the corner somewhere uh but you get, you get to make a lot of noise um with the roof above you and just behind there is a very nice fan zone so we are although we're in london we kind of as- Stuck in the middle of nowhere, um, so uh, when you get there, I think the fan normally opens definitely sixty minutes beforehand, but it possibly a uh, ninety minutes. So just keep an eye on our our, our our socials for our SLO, and they'll they'll confirm. But I think it's definitely sixty. That um, you could get some drinks behind there and a, a, a bite to eat as well. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a it's a friendly club. Yes, it's not it's not the um. It's not Wembley Stadium,
0: but it's nicer. I, I think the grounds, I think you're right there, Mike. I think the stadiums, I mean, certainly a lot of modern stadiums you go into, they are the identical, off the shelf, almost sort of a Lego build in, in, in that respect. And, and then they're, they're completely and utterly characterless, aren't they? And you go to these, these older stadiums, I think that's why Morecambe loved playing at our former stadium, Christie Park, so much. I mean, our, our new ground was built in 2010, it opened, um, and it is a modern facility, uh, whereas Christie Park was the complete polar opposite. So it sounds like Gander Green Lane is going to be very similar to Christie Park in, in, in that sort of character respect.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's loads of people can go on to, and I, I'm nowhere near an expert, but there's things like it used to be the Borough Sports Ground. So bits of the ground are really far away from the pitch because there used to be a running track around it, but we've moved some of the bits closer. Uh, but there's all these little things you can kind of see throwbacks to, to years and years gone by. Um, unfortunately, I think the toilets at your end were replaced and condemned, but they they were um, regarded as the, the, the worst football toilets in, in I think someone said England, let alone the Football League, um, which is a nice little proud moment for us. To <laughs> top of the list. Um, but no, it's it's getting there. But as I said, our board are catching up. There's a lot for us to do. Um, there's a lot of modernisation and, and they've got to bring us with them because there's old curmudgeons like me who'll be like, "Stay, I've stood in this spot for 35 years. I don't want you to knock this down and build something else because this is my spot. This is my happy place. Um, so they've got to kind of bring us with them and, and have their own feelings as well, because um, the board, they've all been fans as well. Um, they've, they've come up through the terraces, the supporters club, the club shop. Um, so they've got their own feelings on, on what should happen, not just, yeah, we need to modernise.
0: Just a word on your board and your ownership, Mike, if I may. Every Morgan fan listening to this will be all too aware with what's currently going on uh, with ourselves and we don't need to go down that road right at this very moment in time. But from your point of view and for Sutton United, Mike, it seems the complete opposite. Everything, everything is rosy, you are financially stable and everything's going in the right direction.
1: We, Yes, I mean, your answer is yes. There's a couple of things there. One is um, for years... People say we're run by a bunch of accountants. This is true, and this is a good thing, because accountants are never going to go, hey, let's just throw all the money at it and see what happens. Um, they'll, they'll always make sure we're here. We'll be playing football around this level 30 years' time. So we'll maybe go up a bit, maybe go down a bit, but we're always going to be around a similar level, and we will exist. Um, the One of the songs we sang in that first season is to the Yellow Submarine, something's going up with a tenor in the bank. And there is rumours that the um, chairman called everyone in to ask exactly where this tenor was because he needed to know. So whilst we're not a basket case, we don't have much money. We we know where we are, which is why we mentioned the EFL thing. The fans at Sutton, a lot of them can tell you pretty much what the prize money for every single competition we're in straight away because they look it up, they're interested, they know where we need to get the next pennies from. They know that having a pint behind the bar, if everyone has two pints before a match, it suddenly adds this much money onto the value uh, but the board you can go down to that club any night of the week and there'll be one of the board members there and quite happy to chat with people um one of the things when we were on that bbc show years ago they were just fascinated because they, they turned up for an under 18s um cup final and there was our chairman in the car park guiding people into the parking spaces and it's like you, you don't they like you don't understand you don't get this everywhere and we we're like it, it happens here. This is this is something. This is our way. Um, so yeah, you, you can quite easily join to the board. I, I know that if I was to um, ask for a, a chat, I could have the chairman or the vice chairman or pretty much any member of the board. Some might take a bit more persuading, um, but I could pretty much say I want to chat with this member of the board, and I'll, I'll get it um, because they, they're just very very open. And I know there's not a lot of the clubs like that. We've had a bit of criticism recently where we don't we're not going to have that big investment. Um, But We were never going to have that big investment. Uh, But the board will always be there and put Sutton United first. And it's basically a fan-owned club. There is some outside investment now, but essentially it is a fan-owned club.
0: And I think, like you say, Mike, it's uh, the whole bottom line has to be, are you still going to be in existence in 10, 20, 30, 40 years' time? And if the answer is, well, barring a catastrophe, absolutely yes, then I think that's what most fans at our level want. You obviously want to play at a high level as you possibly can, and that's great, and having your cup runs and your away days out, all brilliant, but first and foremost, you want to make sure that the custodians of your particular club have got the best interests of that club in at heart. So, you are going to be sustainable in the long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that is something because again it's more local because you guys wouldn't necessarily know it but they, there was clubs around our level um Kingstonian who we went for it a good few years ago and there was a lot of chat at the time saying we should have done that and um they they basically they, I don't even know what level they're playing at now. They just plummeted because they couldn't it wasn't sustainable. They ended up losing their ground. It was um, AFC Wimbledon ended up buying their ground from them um and so it is it is important i know everyone wants the the next big thing and spend 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 but where's that money coming from you if you look at your own personal life yes you want a new tv yes you want a new phone yes you want all the more exciting things But you've got to pay for it somewhere down the line um and if you can't afford it straight away you pay for it on credit which costs you more
0: and, and ultimately, you've got to pay that money back, I suppose, haven't you? It's the same in any walk of life. Exactly. Um, Mike, great to chat. I could uh, I could talk to you for a very long time, but I don't know the way this conversation's going, but, uh, but we'll leave it there, I think, for now. Um, but just before you go, tell us uh, where we find the... Uh, well, I've got two, two questions, actually. Firstly, are you going to stay up this season? Are you confident that you can get enough points to still be a Football League club uh, come the end of April?
1: Middle of October, there's 33 games or so to play, I think. Yes, there is. That's 99 points. Yes, we're going to stay up. Ask me two months' time, I might feel differently, but... At the moment, yes.
0: Is my answer. Um, I, I agree, Mike. I, I, I would love you to stay up, and I think it's very early days. I think you are, like I say, you are where you are in the table at this point, for because that's where you deserve to be. But it's not; it's far from a lost cause, isn't it? So, uh, plenty of points to play for. Ninety-nine. I like that. We've got more than that because we've only played <laughs> eleven games at a time of oh, recording. So know. that's all <laughs> right. I like the sound of that. Um, Mike, thanks very much indeed, my friend. Where do more we more. find where do we find the Sutton podcast?
1: Um. I'm on all social medias That Sutton Podcast, I mean, boring social medias at Sutton Podcast, I'm, I'm even on TikTok, I don't understand what the hell goes on over there, but I'm even on there. No, nah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. um, but yes, yeah, Sutton Podcast, I've actually just started to try and revamp my website and I've managed to mess up the settings, so it is SuttonPodcast.com, but um, I need to sort that out this week, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's on basically all social medias and uh, pretty much all outlets and even YouTube so you can see my pretty face.
0: Yes, so it's a pretty face. Don't do yourself down. Uh, I mean, we don't we don't need to see a barber very often, neither of us these days, do we? But, you know, it saves a couple of quid, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: still, I still pretend mine's a
0: choice. Mike, thanks very much indeed, my friend. We're looking forward to, to coming down to, to Gander Green Lane on, on the Saturday and hopefully it's going to be a great game. Good luck for the rest of the season after the weekend and hopefully we'll catch up with you again later in the season when we're both in a, a position in the league table that we're very happy with.
1: Absolutely. You guys too, again, outside the 180 minutes, wish you very well.
0: Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.